Hello and welcome back to Beyond Boards, a podcast dedicated to the actions and interests of skaters beyond skateboarding. My guest today, Gordon Eckler, grew up between the island of Guam and Maryland before settling down as a young adult in California to pursue his dream of becoming a pro skater. After a few years of sponsorship, he transitioned into graphic design and marketing and eventually started his own business, Platigan, in July 2020. Along with his good friend and business partner Jack Spanbauer, he created a card game called Skate Trivia, born out of a game played between skaters during road trips while driving to skate spots. They are about to release two browser-based games, Skate Trivia and Skate Spot Trivia, both of which will be hosted on skatetrivia.com. So here's my conversation with Gordon. I hope you'll enjoy it. listen to some of my interviews but I, I usually just talk with the guests about you know their life uh, story and, and how they got into skating and, and what they're up to in the skateboarding world or around it and I usually end the interviews by some friends questions so I have a, I have a oh. few for you uh, that I'll surprise you at the end wow yeah just a really few I don't have you plenty asked. but uh, yeah okay <laughs> cool cool interesting okay Well, I definitely won't go in-depth here because I started skating in 1988. My dad used to fix things for the military. So we, at the time in 1988, we lived in Guam, which is okay. in the middle. Well, actually, it's on the far end of the Pacific. One side of the island is the Pacific Ocean and the other side is the, the Philippine Sea. So it's like all the way out there. Okay. And the other kids on the island, most of them were for, from California. Mm -hmm. So I was in third grade yeah I was in third grade and I met all these other kids and they were all into skateboarding so that's actually it was a combination of I owned a skateboard because I saw back to the future and right, I asked yeah. my, my family and I was like dear god anybody buy me a skateboard I want to be Michael J Fox so bad <laughs> so I owned a skateboard because of back to the future but I never used it so then in Guam like we got that's how I like really really got into skating and then in 91 we moved back to the east coast Yeah, then we moved to Maryland and then it was crazy because like pre-internet, you know, Guam was just like 10 years behind everybody else basically. Mm -hmm. So like in 91, skateboarding had rapidly changed, but I moved back and I had this like shaped board from the 80s with rails on it mm -hmm. and a tail guard and like, like full. And I met these other kids, like I immediately met other skateboarders and they're like, dude, what decade are you in? <laughs> Yeah. So immediately they, they were like, we all ride like world boards and you know, whatever. So like it, it, it really ramped me up. So then, so then I lived in Southern Maryland until 97 when I finished high school. Okay. And I had a really, really close knit group of skateboarders. I won't go super in depth, but my parents just were so supportive of skateboarding and they loved skateboarding so much mm -hmm. that they basically let me turn my backyard into a skate park. So we had like a mini ramp. We had a vert ramp, and then we connected the mini ramp and the vert ramp. We connected the flat bottoms and turned it into like a street course. Wow. So, yeah, our backyard was crazy. And a lot of it was just donations. There was no skate park, so like all my friends were like, here's a hundred bucks. Like, here's a, because like, a lot of my friends were older. Right. And, you know, they had working jobs. So people would kick in for like sheet metal or wood or whatever. Mm hmm. 
And they were just amazed that my parents let me build all this stuff. So um, I can show you a photo. Like our backyard, my backyard growing up was like insane. Or very unlike your like typical suburban life. But we were like at the edge of suburbia. So there was no houses behind us. So okay. we were like, I was lucky there. So then in 1997, I moved to Baltimore to go to college. And okay. then I met all these Baltimore skateboarders. So to backtrack a little bit, in 1995, I got my first sponsor. And I started riding for um, a local brand called Coffee. Okay. And then after Coffee, I actually ended up on Creature Flow, but this is like like the first time Creature was around. Right, I, I saw some footage of you skating with like some Creature either caps or like a hoodie or something. Uh, I was wondering if you got sponsored by them at some point, but yeah, you just answered that. Yeah, I, uh, so then years, years later after I moved to California, I ended up riding for Creature for like four years or something. Okay. And then I lived in Baltimore for about eight years. So I finished college. And then right when I finished college, my last semester of college started with September 11th, 2001. So oh, wow. like trade towers fell, plane went into the Capitol. So like, or sorry, the, uh, the, the Pentagon. Right. So finding a job right out of college was really, really hard. So I just packed up my pickup truck and drove across country. And I did that twice. Okay. And I was living off of a gas card. So I would eat at gas stations and I was just putting everything on this gas card. Okay. Uh, so I did that for like four months. And every time I drove out, I'd end up in Santa Cruz because I was skating for um, Consolidated at the time. Oh, okay. Nice. And Consolidated would let me live in the warehouse and they had a shower but no hot water. So you <laughs> could... You could take this freezing cold showers and they had bunk beds in the warehouse. So you could just like get a place to sleep, which thinking about it now, I can't believe I ever slept there or lived there. But I don't know. It was awesome at the time. So that was like 2001. And then uh, I would end up in California until I ran out of money. And then I would go all the way back to Maryland again, just using this gas card. Mm -hmm. um, so then my last trip out in 2003 I was like, I'm done. Like, I, I just want to live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Like, I end up there. I've, basically, on these trips cross-country, I keep ending up there. Yeah. Um, my best friend moved to Colorado, and then, but I wanted to live in California, so it was, it was a little bit of a toss-up, like, where to go. But I was like, I'm going to SF. That's where I want to live. Mm -hmm. So in 2004, at this point, I quit writing for Consolidated, mm -hmm. and I was uh, sponsorless. But then... As I was driving to California in 2004, my really good friend Richard, who owned a skate shop in Maryland, had mailed a VHS tape of me to these guys that were running The Unbelievers, which was Scott Bourne and Jeremy Fish. I was going to ask you, actually, because I interviewed Scott Bourne about a year ago, and was he also your teammate on Consolidated, or was he gone from there at that point? He was gone, yeah. So so Scott had left right, like, just like a few months before I showed up. Okay. And it was weird, like, I was talking to the team manager at the time, and he was like, yeah, yeah, everything's good, everything's good, you should come out, you should come out. But then, him and Scott left, and then I showed up, and they were like, who are you? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well... I got invited and they were like, by who? So like literally I showed up and they were like, we have no idea who you are. So then I just gave them footage and they're like, oh yeah, but the beds are over there. You can stay. And then I ended up riding for them for four years. Um, I went <laughs> okay. on like two, oh yeah, I went on two different trips with them. It was fun, but I left Consolidated. And yeah, so then as I'm moving to California, Richard, mail, Richard had mailed this tape 
to the unbelievers. So basically when I got to San Francisco, they were like, yeah, we really want to meet this dude. But I didn't like I didn't know what was going on yet. And then Richard was like, hey, like you should go meet these dudes. So then I go and I meet Scott already lived in Paris. Okay. And so I just met Jeremy and I had no idea who he was. And he was like, yeah, you're on the team. And I was like, oh, sick. You know, like I it, it was it was really rad because I didn't know really fully what was going on. Mm hmm. So then I rode for the Unbelievers for a short period of time. And it, it was short because... So I was living in San Francisco and I was skating like every single day. This is 2004. And then it turns out I, I found out I was the only person skating on the Unbelievers. Like at all. Like Scott... Well, I, I can't say Scott wasn't skating, but he was in Paris. Yeah, he was, and I was away like, and probably not filming much. And yeah. Well, I, he may have been, but like he's filming like in Europe. And at the time, like Europe skating and, and U.S. skating was just like – there was a big separation. For like, sure. Big, big, big separation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I was like, well, Scott's in Paris. And then uh, the other people on the team were Judd Hertzler, who is a friend of mine and like he's super rad. But he had blown out his knee. So he's like, I'm on the team, but I can't skate. Okay. Pontus Alv, who was also in Europe – but I want to say he was also – he may have been injured at the time. But again, I was like, Pontus is so sick. I've never met him in person, but he lives in Europe. That was before he started Polar then, yeah. Yeah, because oh, Polar yeah, was yeah, in yeah. 2010, 2011 maybe. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. the team was like – it was pros. It, it was Scott, Pontus. It was actually J.R. Neves for a short period of time. And then he left the team and then eventually passed away. And then there was uh, – man. Oh, and then Judd Hertzler. And then it was just me. I think I was the only am. Okay. And uh, and I was like, dude, I'm, I'm the only one skate because I was like, we should do ads. We should make a video. Like I yeah, was like yeah. so hyped. Right, right. And they were like, they're like, great, but it's just you. So good luck. And I was like, fuck, like I can't, <laughs> like, like we need, like, like it can't be just me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So then I was just like skating around, and then um, I met up with um, Trevor and all those dudes that were making the seasons videos. Okay. And I would go skating with them like all the time. And I wasn't invited to the party. I just always showed up. So then when it came time for the seasons video to come out, Trevor was like, the video's way too long. I can't, like, I can't put you in it. He's like, but you have a full part. I was like, I, so then I met up with, so Trevor was like, come over and I'll give you all your footage. And that's actually the last time I ever saw Trevor alive. He passed away like two weeks later or something like that, or like relatively soon after that. Okay. So I saw Trevor, he gave me all my footage. So then I, I had this part and I didn't know what to do with it. And then I bumped into these dudes at a video premiere. It was Alex Turan and this guy, Jim. Uh, Jim was a filmmaker. And he was like, we're making this video for 510 Skate Shop. And I was like, great, I have a part and I have nowhere to put it. I don't know what to do with it. He was like, we'll take it. So, yeah. so they, I gave them all my footage. And then he's like, you should come over and meet everybody. And that's how I met Walker. Because Walker, yes, Walker skated right. for them. Right. Yeah, okay. and then Walker is how, how I was introduced to you. Yeah, so, the, so I met Walker because they were making this video, and then I started meeting, just I met all these dudes. Uh, I mean, living in the Bay Area, you meet like 10 new skateboarders every day. It's, yeah. it's like, definitely at that time, it was, it, was, it was crazy. So then I was living in San Francisco, and you know, the Unbelievers was super sick, but it was just like, we're not doing anything. And then Creatures started back up, and I didn't know any of them, and uh, randomly, I don't know if you know Doug Shoemaker, but Shoemaker came over my house, which is rare. And he was like, dude, I was talking to these dudes at NHS and your name came up. And I was like, sick, what's that mean? He's mm -hmm. like, I don't know, dude, you should hit them up. So then I just started reaching out to, to them. I, don't, I actually don't remember how I got in touch with them. And then I met Lee Sharon, who Lee Sharon was known, everyone knows him as Creature Lee. And then I got on Creature and I skated for Creature basically for the next like five years. Okay. And until I was 30. 
And after I was 30 years old, I was like, I got to figure out like how to make money. Like I'm broke. <laughs> I, I, I can't like live in the mission, like eating a burrito every other day. Like I can't do this anymore. So, um, but it was a wild ride. It was super fun. Super, super fun. So I, it's like, I kind of bounced around. I never really had like a solid sponsor, but toward the end, I will say creature or, or Lee told me, he was like, I can't pay you, but I can reimburse you for travel. So okay. have at it. So I was like, great. So I just started going everywhere. Like, and the last big trip I remember going on again, is this a party I wasn't invited to was, uh, I found out that Thrasher was doing a skate rock tour. Okay. And, uh, I was like sick. Um, I, so I just followed them with my, in my pickup truck and mm-hmm. Lee was like, I'll reimburse you for gas. So I ended up in this like caravan of like vans and then like me in a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, people in the vans were like, can I ride with you? Like it stinks in that van. I was like, yeah, whatever. So then dude started like riding with me and I just ended up on this tour. That's the last tour. I think that was in 2010 ish. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was super interesting. Like still meeting dudes. I was living, I moved to Oakland and I've, I lived in Oakland for 10 years and then I started working as a designer, which is what I went to school for back in, you know, the late nineties. So when I turned 30, I was like, shit, I really got to figure something out. Mm-hmm. So then I started applying for design jobs and random. Oh, I, this is actually a funny story. So I applied for a job at EA, which is the, oh, yeah. the um, mm-hmm. it's like a video game company, Electronic Arts. They make like Madden football and all this shit. Um, well, it's a big video game company here in South Bay. Mm-hmm. And they needed a brand designer. So I just was like fuck it, whatever. So I, I sent them my portfolio, my resume, and it was like really, you know, this is really early on. I didn't, I really didn't have that much experience. And I got a call back and they're like, yeah, we definitely want you to come in an interview for sure. And I was like, okay. So then I came in and in the interview, like I was like, I, and I brought like a physical portfolio. Yeah. I was like, here's my book, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I showed them my stuff and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then really they only wanted to talk about like the stuff in my portfolio that like had anything to do with skateboarding. And then all of a sudden we're in this meeting and talking about skateboarding. Like, oh, like, do you remember that spot? I was like, yeah, I remember that spot. Like, I was totally like, I'm at this, like, in this corporate office. And I'm like, why the hell are we talking about skateboarding? Yeah. And then about halfway through the interview, I realized the two people I'm interviewing with 100% grew up skateboarding. Oh, okay. And they, okay, nice. they really called me in just because they could tell from my portfolio that I skated. And then they called, on my way home they called the recruiter and they were like, we want to make him an offer. So I, nice. I ended up working at EA on a six month contract. And I, and then later after I got hired, I asked him, I was like, I was like, why did you hire me? Like for sure there were people with better portfolios. Yeah. And they were like, we just wanted to work with, work with somebody that we could like hang out with and like could stand being around and we could tell we could get along with you. So, I mean, literally skateboarding got me that job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And that was my first design job in California was working there for six months. So, um, okay. so it was really interesting. It was just like, it's been a bizarre ride. And so you told me about the, the different sponsors you had, but did you ever turn pro or, or did it never happen? No, no, I never, I never received a paycheck or got paid. Like, honestly, I think it's because I was started too late. Like I went to college for four years and I didn't, I was 25 when I moved to California and a lot of brands were just like, I mean, they thought like I had skills to skate, but a lot of people, I think they were just like, yeah, you're just too old. Oh yeah. At that time, 25 was quite old, so to speak, in skate years. Yeah. I mean, and I was friend, like I'm still friends with a lot of people who worked at Deluxe and Uh NHS and a lot of the people who were TMs. 
And then, you know, they would be honest with me. Like Darren Howard was the TM at Deluxe and, and same with Johnny Utah or his name, uh, his real name is uh, John Alden. Mm-hmm. So like those dudes were teams and they were just honest with me. They were like, dude, you're too old, but I can give you product. And okay. I was like, eh, whatever. So I got a job bartending and I bartended at night and skated during the day. And I just did that for like six or seven years until I was like too old to be doing this shit. You know, yeah. I was like, man, I can't. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I never received a paycheck. I but but I rode for some really fun companies that were just really supportive. My favorite was Freedom. It was uh, Dandre Hobel's clothing company. Oh, I don't remember that one. Okay. Yeah, he had a clothing company that was out of Think. This is like back when he rode for Think. Like this is like pre Crooked. Right. And yeah. I just mailed him a VHS tape and was like, I like what you're doing. And then like. Five months later, I got an email that was like, hey, you're on the team. What do you want? And that was it. Like, like it was like one sentence. Wow. And I was like, I was like, hey, like, what's up? And he was like, yeah, just, he was like, I just need to know your shirt size. And that was it. Like, Dan was always like really, really short. And okay. then when I moved, when I moved to San Francisco, I got to know Dan a lot better. And, and it's funny, like, I think when I, when I met him, when I moved out here, he was like, sorry those clothes always sucked or something like that like it was like like to, like total dan but okay. that was probably my favorite it was one of my favorite sponsors for sure but i mean all of them helped me out yeah 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 and then another one was ace trucks because when joey and shrugi started it they lived one block from me in the mission okay and i i entered the skate contest at i don't know it was some local contest and i i think it was at crocker and then Joey just bumped into me in the street. Like I was just on 24th street and Joey was like, yeah, you should come over to our house and hang out. And I was like, sure. Like I'm not doing anything today. I don't have to work till tonight. Mm-hmm. And then I go over and he's like, we want you to ride for ACE. And I was like, oh, sick. You know, like it was like that casual. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Joey and Shrugi, like, and I keep in touch with them still. They're like super rad. And it's, they had just started the company. So everything was like, it was really exciting. So that was super fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but anybody who ever gave me product, whether it was wheels, boards, trucks, or shoes, it was... Always appreciated, yeah. Too. <laughs> like, those dudes kept me alive for 10 years, for sure. Justin Regan, he's another one. I've oh, yeah. never met him in person, but that dude fed me for years on shoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and he didn't have to, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, He was just like, here's another pair, dude. I was like... Or actually, like, at the time he worked at Soltech... And these America boxes were, like, insane. Like, I was like, who the hell needs 12 pairs of shoes? But <laughs> thanks. Like, I get to eat this week. So I was fucking hyped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had some really, really fun ones, man. But, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, like, everybody I could, I kept in touch with. And, you know, we just, we wrapped in. Um, in 2020, I started my own design studio called Platigan, yep. which I'm sitting in the Platigan office right now. And then in 2021, I pitched the idea of a skate trivia game. Mm-hmm to Ginkgo Press. I sent them a pitch packet and they called me in four days. And they were like, yeah, let's go. Like, we, we want to do this. Wow. And then since then, I've really ramped up and started working on Skate Trivia again because I worked on it for a long time. So since, with the Skate Trivia game coming out, the printed one, yeah, yeah. since that came out, I've been able to like reconnect with a lot of people that like, I mean, it's not that I didn't have anything to talk about, but you know, a lot of my friends, like it was like, hey, Skate, Thursday, you down, you know? But then after, now that I'm like in my 40s with a kid, I'm like, 
yeah, I mean, I could hit you up, but, like, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. So, with the skate trivia game, it's like, hey, like, let's talk. Like, I have, we have some shit to talk about. And I, I've, I've really had uh, just this opportunity to reconnect with, like, friends yeah. of mine. You know? So, it's, it's, it's been just really exciting. It's been a, again, the last two years have been a super wild ride. Yeah, that's, that's rad. So, you, you covered pretty much your, like, uh, work experience until you, you started your own studio. And so tell me about like um, coming up with the idea for Skate Trivia. You're about to launch the online version of it, but it's uh, first and foremost a card game. Mm -hmm. But yeah, tell me about first about the, the physical game and how you came up with the concept and everything. Sure. So um, in 1995, I was still in high school. And back then, skate parks existed, but they were really far away. Mm -hmm. And on the East Coast, there was two really, really good indoor parks, but they were like, they were in Pennsylvania. So it was two hours there, two hours back. Okay. So me and my really, really good friend, Brian Ball, I don't know whose idea it was really. Like, I'll, I'll credit Brian. So Brian was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to write some skateboard trivia questions. And it was just to kill time in the car. Right. Because it's like, dude, we're going to be in the car together for four hours tomorrow. Like, what do you got? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. So I, I had this spiral notebook. I wrote skate trivia on the front of it. And it was just like anything I could think of that I thought I could stump Brian on. Okay. 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 That's how it started. It started, it, it started as like us just trying to like really just kill time in the car. Right. We've already okay. talked. He, okay. he, he knows everything in my life. I know everything in his life. Like we are bored about talking <laughs> to each other and we had to yeah. sit in this car for four hours. So that is where it started. So then I started to amass questions. Like by the time I left Maryland, I probably had close to 500 questions. And then I moved to California in 2004. And then randomly I just started meeting people like – So I was going out shooting photos and I was like, I really want to shoot photos with Bryce Knights. So I went to Bryce's website and I emailed him and I was like, Hey Bryce, like I ride for Scott Bourne's board company. Like, do you want to go shoot photos? Mm -hmm. And he immediately wrote me back and was like, yeah, like let's meet up this week. And I've been friends with Bryce ever since. Okay. And when I first met people, I wasn't like, and I'm working on this trivia game. Like I didn't say anything. I would just be like, Hey, like whatever happened between you and Thrasher. And then just the conversation is just fucking going. Okay. And I'm like in my brain and I'm like taking notes on the side. And like, even like when I went on a consolidated tour and I'm sitting next to Karma or I'm like wedged between like him and Alan Peterson, I'm like, what else are we gonna talk about? I'm like, yeah. hey, like what happened with that thing in that time, that one time in that video? So again, I'm just taking notes. And so it really ramped up after I moved to California. So then between 2004 and around 2010, again, like I'm still skating a ton, I'm bartending. I was like, oh, that's funny. like. Like, I got to know, like, Toad and Justin Strubing pretty well. Oh, yeah. And then we went down to L.A. and we shot a bunch of, like, fuel segments with Laban and Ted Newsom. Okay. Um, again, who I've, who I've kept in touch with. Yeah, yeah. And then I was just, like, amassing this, like, I was starting to meet people and I could just ask them, like, hey, like, whatever happened with that thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Again, taking notes. So then by the time I pitched the idea to Ginkgo... Again, I didn't know what I was making or what I was doing, but I had like a like somewhere around 1500 to 2000 questions. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this shit. So I actually pitched it to them as a book. Okay. I was like, "Well, you guys are a publisher. Do you just want to, do you want to publish a book of skateboard trivia?" That's that was my original idea. Okay. And then they wrote me back. Again, he called me four days later and was like, "We want to do this, but what do you think about making it a card game?" 
mm. because all we publish is books and we're trying to like broaden that. Right, okay. And I was like, yeah, dude, let's go. So he actually sent me the dimensions. He was like, what do you think about the cards being this big, it being this big, there can be 50 cards. How much trivia do you think you can fit on that? So then I, I designed a single card. Right. And yeah. I figured I figured out the character count and I was like, I think I could fit five questions on a card so we could do 250 questions. Yeah, okay. And they were like, go, just make it. Mm -hmm. So then I picked 250 questions. And again, some of the trivia is really, really, really old. Like really yeah, old. I'm sure, yeah. But I was like, man, this is such a good question. It's just, it's just a good question. It's just interesting. Okay. So I handed off to Kinko. And then at the last minute, I was like, I should make like a rules card. Like how to play. Okay. Um, so the how to play card that comes with the deck of cards says... The rules are there are no rules. Like, we're skateboarders. Just just play however you want to play. Like, okay. I don't care. Like, give them three chances to get... Like, I don't give a shit. Like, make up the rules because you're going to anyways. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what I did with the card game. And then it came out. And, and then I found out that it's really hard. Like, it's really, really hard. Like, skateboarders who have been skating for 10 years are like, I can't answer a single question in that deck. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> almost impossible. Okay. And that's when I realized I was like... Oh shit. Some of those questions, when I thought they were hard in like 1998, they're impossible now, right? Yeah. So, um, and then I really, really realized like the gravity of it when I got in touch with this dude. He, his name's Tim, and he's the editor of The Nine Club. And oh, he was yeah. like, dude, he was like, dude, send me a game. Okay. So then I sent Tim games and then I sent two games to the actual show. Right. And they ended up playing the game on the show. Yeah, I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. That's when I realized really how hard it is because <laughs> these dudes, they are like skateboard media and they're like, they could, they had a really hard time getting a lot of them, right? It was like the best test we could have ever run. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and surprisingly, Chris knew a lot of them. Kelly Hart knew a lot of them. You know, like, but they kept saying, just because they couldn't get everyone right, they were like, this is way too hard. And I was like, oh, yeah. well, you're not supposed to get everyone right. Then it's not fun. Right? Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but Roger Bagley got every single one right. Like, oh, Roger wow. Bagley could not be stumped. Like, on the show, it turned into everybody just reading questions to Roger to see which one they could get, and they couldn't get them on a single one. He knew every one. It was like, it was so impressive to watch. So then it was like, right at that time, so I connected with my really, really good friend, Jack Spanbauer. He's mm -hmm. a skateboarder in Colorado. We've known each other for a really, really long time. And he's just as much of a nerd. <laughs> and him, he actually came to California. We had an all-day workshop here at Platagon. And I was like, what do we do? Like... What's the next thing for skate trivia? Because, like, I love working on this so much, mm -hmm. but, but it's really, really hard. Like, what do we do? So the decisions we made in that meeting were every single question has to be multiple choice, which I fought tooth and nail. Okay. Like, tooth and nail. I was like, no, that makes it too easy. But then he was like, dude, it's too easy for you. Yeah. It's too easy for Roger Bagley. Like, yeah. we, it needs to be fun for everyone. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, okay. So every question is multiple choice. Mm -hmm. Then I was like... I want to be able to provide a hint to every single question. Okay. And then it was pretty much at that point he was like, we need to go digital. This needs to be a digital experience. And we didn't know, is it a website? Is it an iOS app? Like we didn't know any of that. Mm -hmm. So then what we decided, like after that, in that meeting, we decided, okay, it's going to be a website that can be viewed on anything. So you could view the website on your phone 
tablet computer. It's a web-based app. Okay, okay. And then a really big decision we had to make, and this is something, again, I really struggled with. I was like, how much content is enough? Like, if I put up a thousand questions, would you come periodically or would you just do all 1,000? Oh, yeah. And every person, actually, I'll ask you, if there was a a skate trivia website and there was like a fixed number of it, let's say 500, there's 500 questions, would you just do all 500? Not in one shot for sure, but uh, I'd probably do a few, like uh, 10, 20, 50 in one session and probably come Mm -hmm. back for more. I guess that's uh, what I would do, yeah, probably. Yeah, you would, you'd like binge on it. You'd do 10 at a time, 12 at a time, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And, and then so we're like, well, basically, and I talked to a bunch of, a lot of skateboarders. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, if you give me 200 questions, I'm going to just do 200 questions. Like, I'm going to do all of the ones that you give me, and then I'll just wait to hear when there's more on the site. So basically, right. it was like, oh, this isn't, well, this isn't going to work. So then we decided, okay, we're going to do one a day two games so there is there's going to be skate trivia and there's going to be skate spot trivia oh, and w- a okay. new question goes up every day and that question is only up for 24 hours and then those questions disappear and two new questions go up okay and awesome. we do that every day and then so that's the platform we're currently building we beta test it in a week mm-hmm. and it will be live in january on january 1st or uh, no, uh, because of the holidays, it's probably going to be at best mid-January, maybe okay. even the late January launch. It, it just depends on like, we need to iron out the kinks. Right. We need to iron out the kinks. Okay. But, uh, but that's the platform we're currently building. So we have the printed game, but actually that's not our focus at all. The okay. printed game is rad and the printed game is fun, but it's the printed game is for a very specific audience of older, insanely knowledgeable skateboarders. Okay. But however, with that said, it's filled with a ton of like really rad skateboard history. Like even though you don't know, like it'd be hard to answer the questions. It's mm-hmm. really like there's a lot of really, really rad history in it. Like, yeah, where trick names came from or, you know, whatever. So I assume it's mostly about American skateboarding. But is it a bit also about maybe trivia from like skate in Europe or elsewhere in the world or in Canada? Like or is it really focused on the States? No, not at all. It's like we're trying to create a global game. And we're trying to incorporate all facets of skateboarding. That's actually something that from very early on when I was working on, even when I was like a teenager, Mm -hmm. it's like everybody wants to talk about the 90s. Everybody wants to talk about like the Steve Rocco era of skateboarding Mm because it's fun, right? But skateboarding didn't start at Steve Rocco, right? Like there is really, really interesting shit from the 70s. Sure. That's really oddball. Like some weird stuff was happening on like the Signal Hill speed speed trials. Like there's a weird stuff. And honestly, like, as long as it's true, it's trivia to me, to me. Yeah, so yeah. like, I was like, as it, if it's true, I'm going to use it. So with that said, everything has to be verified by at least one notable source, which we have a pretty rad list of people that we verify questions with. I saw that on the website. Yeah. Yeah. So we like, I, I run stuff by people and like, Hey, like, could you like, if somebody can green light it, I'm like, we're a go. Yeah. But somebody that like, you know, for instance, like uh, uh, the name Melancholy and the first time somebody ever saw someone do a Melancholy, that was verified by Dave Swift. And Dave was like, I was at that contest. I saw that happen. Like, Mm -hmm. you can say that I, that that is to the best of my knowledge, right? Yeah, totally. Okay. So then we rewrote the question to be like, according to Dave Swift, dot, 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 right? So then therefore it's like, people would be like, that's not true. It's like, well, according to Dave Swift, you know, like, you know, like it's worded in a way where you really kind of can't argue, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So as I told you, me and my girlfriend May, we were just in France. Oh, yeah, and yeah, right, so yeah. while we were there, I was like, I hope this is okay, but I need to go photograph skate spots. <laughs> so we went to, I don't know what skateboarders call it, which is a good question for you, but like the Palais de Tokyo, the, the famous ledges. Yeah, Le Dome. That's what skateboarders call it, Le Dome. Yeah, yeah, Le Dome, yeah. Okay, so I went there and I photographed all the ledges, all the plaza, like everything. Stairs, yeah. Yeah, and then my really good friend, um, Will Harmon, Oh, yeah. He lives in free, Will lives in London. Free skate mag, yeah. Yeah, so Will, uh, I know from we lived in San Francisco together. Plus, I believe we skated on the East Coast even before that. Okay. So I hit up Will and I was like, "Hey, Will, what's the chance I can get you to photograph skate spots around London?" And I explained to him what it was for, and he was like, "Oh, I'm so in." <laughs> so he's photographing spots in London, and then I shot a few in Paris because okay. I found a few other spots where I'm like. I think this is notable, but I mean, I was only in Paris for like seven days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But absolutely, like after the game comes out, like oh, and then my my content partner Jack, he's been to Barcelona and he's been to Lyon, oh, yeah. and okay. he, he shot photos of that crazy twenty five stair that Jaws Ollie. Oh yeah, 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 of course. And being a traveling skateboarder, he just was like, oh, "That's that spot," and took a picture of it, completely unknowing that we were going to need this picture like five years later, right? Okay, okay. So that's one. So we have some international spots. Okay. And then I've been able to connect with a few photographers, Joe Brook being one, who oh, travel yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, Joe, if you're in China, can you shoot spots? spots of, like, yeah, can you Shanghai just take like somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Where, like wherever you go, if you can just take some iPhone photos. So Joe's like, absolutely. And, and, and basically people are just like, I just, I want this game to be fun. Yeah. So of course we're starting with a ton of Bay Area spots because I just went and shot the photos. Mm-hmm. But um, we've connected with a lot of people who are in Southern California, East Coast, and then we're starting to go global. So we, we, we want spots from everywhere. As long as they are well-known spots to skateboarders, they're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's just a parking lot in the middle of nowhere in France, it doesn't make much... Uh, yeah. yeah, but a skateboarder who lives in Sydney, Australia will recognize the dome. Yeah, they've oh, never sure. been to France, right? They've never been there, but they're like, I know yeah, that leg. I've seen this in you that know? video, and yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like they're so iconic. Yeah. Then it's like, who did what on what that landed them on the cover of this? You know, like. So the the skate spot game is it basically going to be like where is this spot or is it also going to be questions like uh, who did what on this spot? Is it is it a bit broader than just where is it basically or? So if you have ever been in a car of skateboarders mm-hmm. where, and that car drove up to a spot and everybody got out and the conversation that takes place immediately following, that's what the game's about. Like, okay. dude, did you know that like so-and-so came here with a Tiba at six o'clock in the morning to try and do this and they never got it? That's trivia, dude. Like that is stuff that tr- skateboarders actually talk about that shit. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I will eventually shoot a photo of the train tracks that Tyshawn kickflipped over oh, yeah, at yeah. the 145th station somewhere in New York. Like I'm going to go there because three years from now, that's good trivia. Yeah. Right. Okay. Like, so, and then, and they went there at four o'clock in the morning, him and Atiba. That's crazy. The shit that skateboarders do to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it'll be NBDs, ABDs. Where is it? It could even be what a pe- what a local skateboarders call it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, this is at the Palais de Tokyo, but what do skateboarders call the spot? Yeah, right. Called by the skate. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, and again, I, I, I truly believe that the questions are going to be more interesting than that. Mm-hmm. But that's the shit, like, you and I, two skateboarders, and I'm like, what? I was like, what do you guys call that? Like, oh, it's Le Dome. Like, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all of the above, man. It's, it's, it's the shit we actually talk about when we're looking at skate spots. Yeah, 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 for sure. I was wondering if you had uh, drawn some influence maybe from other people that have uh, developed somewhat similar initiatives around skate trivia because I remember years ago there was a skate nerd on uh, Transworld that did uh, a somewhat similar thing. You mentioned also Justin Strubing a little bit earlier. I know that with uh, Daniel Shimizu and Clint Peterson, they started Useless Wooden Knowledge, which was also doing skate trivia. So did you draw inspiration from other initiatives like that? Or did you try to go in a different direction when you, you know, first started thinking about this project? So again, like when I first started working on content, I had no idea what I was writing for other than me and my friends. Right. And then after I amassed, let's say somewhere around 2000 questions, mm-hmm. I actually didn't know about any of those other things that were going on okay. because I was just working at this like, I was working at a little girl, girl's toy company and then I was working at like in health tech. I was like paying attention to skateboarding, but not that close. Okay. So then I was like, what am I gonna do with all of this? Like I have so much of this and I don't know what to do with it. I was like, I'll just release a book. Mm-hmm. But then after they were like, no, card game. And I was like, okay, that sounds like fun. So then I made it. So it wasn't until after the card game came out that I started to reconnect with people and people were like, oh my God, did you know about useless wooden knowledge? And I was like, no, what is that? So then I found out more. And then there is another one by somebody that does trivia in Tampa every time they have like a a contest down there. And that that one is called uh, Tin Can Skate Lore. Okay. It's a tribute to uh, the stereo video, yeah. Yeah, so like there's Tin Can Skate Lore, there's Useless Wood Knowledge, which again, those are like amazing names. Right. Like yeah. I, call, I call mine Skate Trivia. <laughs> it fits. <laughs> Makes yeah, sense. I was like, I was like, well, you look at it, you know what it is. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I, I, I actually didn't start finding out about those until after the printing game was out. And then now that we're working on the, the website, that is going to be free for, it's going to be free for everyone to play one question a day. A few people are like, are you affiliated with these dudes or right, these dudes? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. So a few people have been asking and I was like, no, but like, I hope they all own our printed game. Mm-hmm. Like fucking have at it man. take it to a bar and have fun. Like we're actually me and my, my content partner, Jack, mm-hmm. me and Jack are amassing so much content. Like all he does is write content. And then all I do is I do, I design, I'm designing the platform and I'm doing business development. Okay. So I write emails, I connect with people, but like, so since we're like him and I are partnered together, like there's someone working on the content at all times Mm -hmm. constantly. Like he gets every video, he gets every magazine, he reads every website. Like the the dude is like a sponge. He's, (laughs) he's the best. Jack Spanbauer is the best. And so I honestly, I just hope that people are hyped on it and people want to play it. Yeah. yeah, if if people want to play it, I'm I'm stoked. That means we're making it for like a fun audience. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've heard of uh, this uh, website. It's called Skateboardle. Like Walker just released his new book, Off Clark, and mm-hmm. uh, he did like this partnership thing with uh, with Skateboardle. So mm-hmm. from from my understanding, Skateboardle is uh, like a satellite of skate video site, which is mm-hmm. a more famous uh, website that has you know all the songs to pretty much all the videos, skate videos you can think of. 
And so Skateboardle is somewhat similar to what you're going to do in the sense that they have a few excerpts from videos and they try to have you guess which video this is. But yeah, so I was wondering, like, have you talked with the people who are doing Skateboardle and did you hear about it recently or like... Uh... Absolutely. And it was actually only a few weeks after we decided to do the one a day, like that big meeting that Jack and I had at. Yeah, yeah. About two weeks after that, he sent me the link and was like, dude, look at this. We play Skateboardle every day because <laughs> okay. we're nerds and we just love it. Mm -hmm. We love it. And then just recently we met... The guy who runs it, Sean. Sean, yeah, yeah. Because we're going to – so we're going to run ads on our site that point to Skateboardle and say basically we're only giving you one question a day. If you want more, go play his game. Yeah, yeah Because yeah. – yes, yeah, so he also runs Skate Video Site, right. which we – because we're writing Skate Trivia, we go to Skate Video Site every day. Oh, yeah. I go there a lot too, yeah. For yeah sure. Right, right. right. <laughs> it's, it's like the best reference ever. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And um, so we met with Sean and I mean, we're not like working together, but we're, we're going to help each other out. Me and Jack love that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, Walker introduced us. And the one thing we talked about is that like, it's cool that he's doing the giveaway with the book, mm -hmm. but the coolest thing of the whole thing that we saw was that Walker picked all the clips for seven days. Right. And yeah. we're like, and then we see an opportunity there. We're like, man, what if we could like work with people where like they pick the trivia for two days or three days or something like that. Like that level of integration with other skate nerds is like, we, we love it. So mm -hmm. we're kind of keeping on all that. But yeah, we're like, Sean, we got Sean on speed dial. I love the dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I mean, what he built is epic. So Jack doesn't miss one. Jack gets it every day. I never get it right. Yeah. Because the video, because yeah. these videos, if it was clips from like, shock me not, man, I've got you all goddamn day. But like a lot of these now that he's running our videos where I'm like, man, yeah. this is some transwell video. And I definitely, <laughs> I know it's a transwell video. So I just, I'll just, <laughs> I guess, and very rarely do I get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to share with you the friends questions, but just before, before we do that, I have just two quick last questions. So just uh, for the people who are listening. So you said the games will be available online sometime in January. And so to kind of sum it up, so it, it will be skate trivia and a skate spot, two separate websites, or is it going to be uh, one no, website? One website with multiple games. We're starting with two and then we'll be able to add, we'll be able to add more. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's just skatetrivia.com. And on skatetrivia.com, our goal for that website is going to be one a day, multiple games, and it, it'll be free to the public. Okay. So just go. You only get one question. And we're hoping that there is every day there's a question, a hint, and a behind-the-scenes story. Even if it's just a little text blurb, it'll be some sort of story about like where we found out about it or who verified it or whatever. But there'll okay. be like a little blurb about like – Anytime you get a really, really good question, the first thing I always think is like, there's no way that's true, mm -hmm. you know? So then it'd be, I, we decided like, oh, how sick would it be if it's like, yeah, that's true. And this is like, yeah, that actually happened, you know? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so we do it for skate trivia, skate spot trivia. And then, and the printed game is split up into five different categories, but not the website. Yeah. The website's just everything. Yeah, yeah, I have them here. It's the names and nicknames, footy tape, tricks of the trade, teams and companies, and wildcard. 
Correct, yeah. So, so on the, the printed game, there's five questions on each card. It's one from each category. And right. those categories came up just because wow, over the years and over the years, everything kind of fit into those buckets. And wild card are just like the ones that didn't have a bucket. It's just mm-hmm. weird. This, you know, okay. like... Random. Yeah, random. But, but then for the website, we decided we removed the idea. Like as we write content, we're still putting things in categories. But, but the website is just all – it's just anything skateboard trivia. Okay. And, and it's one a day. And then we eventually will have some paid games that we want to continue to release. But, but that's – right now what we're building is going to be one a day and free. Cool. Or at least free, free to play. Free to play. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, oh, and uh, so we don't know the exact release date. So you are correct. Our goal is that it comes out mid January. But I will say the game will be live by February first. Hell or high water. Like okay. no matter what. But our goal is like if you checked by January fifteenth, it, it may be live. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. So just one last question before we do the friends questions. So what would you say is the most valuable lesson that you feel you've learned from skating? Oh my God. Uh, Okay, so Peace Zone taught me a very, very valuable lesson. And that is when you're on the road, if there isn't any toilet paper, you've always got a sock. Wow. (laughs) And I learned that from Preston. Because I drove to San Diego a few times from the Bay Area down to San Diego and back. This is around the time Preston moved up here. Uh And he only had one sock on. And I was like, and then, so that's, that's how I learned. So, so there's, I got hundreds of these, but there's one I'll leave you with because that's uh-huh. real. That is real. Pearls of wisdom. From the Preston, the loaf, my getter himself. Yeah. He was a fucking epic human being. So I have a couple audio questions that I'm going to have you listen to. And then I Uh-oh. have a few other that are written and I'm going to read them out to you. Okay. Good day, Gordon. This is your pal, Kevin, from the Look Back Library. My question is, how would you characterize your relationship with El Vortex? And as a follow-up, have you skateboarded with him lately? So El Vortex, if you've never heard of him... No, I haven't, yeah. I was wondering who it was, yeah. Okay, so El Vortex is... It's a Lucha Libre mask. And whoever puts on the mask becomes El Vortex. (laughs) And El Vortex had like a 12-page interview in Slap Magazine at one point. And I first met El Vortex in Baltimore when he was very young and rowdy. But he loves skateboarding through and through, and he loves starting shit. He loves going to places and starting shit. Mm. And El Vortex has come with us on, on road trips. I've seen him around the country. He's a very interesting thing. So, so if, you, if you look up, there's got to be video clips. But El Vortex is a shirtless Lucha Libre skateboarder who has landed really, really impressive tricks. Okay. So, yeah, a lot of one-footed frontside rocks. It's interesting. Yeah, look, look him up. So my relationship with El Vortex is we haven't seen each other lately, but I cherish the dude. And actually, I say dude loosely because it maybe El Vortex isn't always a dude. So, I don't know. <laughs> okay. But he's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, and no, I have not seen El Vortex lately. El Vortex has been chilling for like 
a minute. Probably, I, I'll, we'll, we'll say maybe even 10 years. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Thanks, Kevin Marks. Okay, this one is from Walker Ryan. He said to ask you if you have any good stories from skating Oakland with Jim Lalonde back in the day. Okay, so, so that's how I met Walker. So Jim was a filmmaker. He made a bunch of videos for uh, Consolidated, and that's how I met him. Okay. And so then randomly I ran into Jim, and Jim was making a video for 510 Skate Shop. So I was like, oh, here's a video part that I don't know what to do with. So here, just take it. Mm. And then that's how I met all of them. So I, I started going out with them, like just hitting Oakland spots and whatever. And Oakland is a very rough area. Like it's, it gets cutty quick. But I'm going to tell the Walker story, which this is the very first day I ever met Walker. Walker was like maybe 17. He was definitely still in high school. Okay. And I, I'm like 26, 25, 26. So I go and meet up with them, and we're somewhere in Oakland, and Jim is filming. He's trying to get a couple of last-minute clips for the video. And Walker, the very first thing he ever said to me was, uh, do you want to play skate? And I said, <laughs> yeah, sure. And he does a backside 3 alley, and I was like, ooh. I was like, I'll give it a shot. I suck at back threes. Mm -hmm. And Walker was like, that was switch. And he laughed. No way. He laughed, and he was like, no, 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 for real. Like, let's start now. But, like, he did it just to fuck with me, and I was oh, like, wow. damn, dude. I was like, this kid is amazing. Yeah. And he, like, rifled me. SK-18 did nothing. Like, yeah. I didn't even give him a... I didn't give him a letter for sure. But that's how I met Walker. And, uh, yeah, and I've been able to keep in touch with him, like, all through the days. Yeah. He was just a flow kid who was still in high school at the time. Okay. But he was, like, a wizard then. Yeah, like, yeah, Oh, my yeah. God. This kid is amazing. He's so good at skateboarding. Did you see that clip of him reading the book? Uh, oh, yeah. Nose Willy Nolly Trey out, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Book in his face. Like, what an ass. What an and he did. He did um, on that spot in New York, like a back nose grind to Nolly frontside flip out. And, like, uh, he did it really sick. Like, yeah, he's uh, still incredible. Dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's, he's not that old, but he's, uh, yeah, I don't know how he keeps uh, at that level. I'm sure he must, uh, like, stretch, uh, eat well, whatever he's, whatever he's doing, yeah. it's working. So, yeah. Dude, a lot of calf raises. Yeah, just keeping his, like, ankles and knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. The dude amazes me. But, but that, uh, that's actually a story that, like, so the very first day, or it was, like, day two or day three of, like, that Walker thing on Skate Portal. Okay. The very first clip was a clip of him. It's a line that he ends with a switch backside three off a bump. Okay. I wrote Walker an email that was like, I got to tell you this story of the day we met. Because oh, you're yeah, not going to yeah. remember. I was like, you're not going to remember, but I remember that shit. And you totally did that to me in a game <laughs> skate. So this next question is, so I'm not sure who it is, but it's someone, whoever is handling the useless wooden knowledge Instagram account. Oh, okay. So I reached out to them and, uh, and so I'm not sure who it is, but someone from, from there asked, since Gordon has the best ever front blunts on transition, I'd like to know what the damn secret is. It could be Andreas Trolf. Maybe. And Trolf was uh, like somebody that we skated, he's somebody that we skated with a lot in, when we lived in San Francisco and uh -huh. front Blunts was a trick I learned when I was very young. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, like, so I skated transition a lot growing up because there wasn't a lot of street spots and I had a mini ramp in my backyard. So, like, and I learned how to blunt fakie very easy. And then I knew how to do a frontside 180 ollie on street. So I was like, I just put the two together and I just did a frontside 180 ollie out of a blunt. Okay. And for me, it made sense. Mm. And, uh, and then as I got older, but I was very young, like I was, I could do like front blunts on training when I was like, I don't know, 14 maybe, which was young for skateboarding at the time, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And then as I 
got older, I just started doing them on higher and higher things, bigger and bigger things. And uh, it just became one of those like staple tricks. Right. So I think, I think the trick is, is that I learned it when I was young. So as I got older, I, I you know, natural. like, yeah, like it was just like, it was, it was just like a line up a curve. Okay. But it, it did become one of those tricks where like people would like yell out, you know, like do a kickflip. Like yeah, I yeah. would just be skating and someone's like, Bruh, blah, like yeah, they would just yeah. yell it. It was like, your signature trick. Okay. Yeah, and I've definitely been like mid contest run where somebody yelled front blunt, and I would like turn around and go right to that person and do it right in front of them just to be an <laughs> asshole. And uh, yeah, so I, I've, I'm guilty of that one too. Okay, let's do the, the last ones. So I have one from um, Andrew, who's uh, from, uh, he runs an account. I don't know if you know this account on Instagram. It's called Overthinking Skate Videos. Yeah, I follow this guy. Okay. Yeah, I love it. So he said, what kind of things are you surprised people know and what are you surprised people don't know in regards to the game, of course? Okay. And again, I don't like host trivia. I just make yeah. the content, put it out and people play it, right? Right. Yeah, so yeah. Um, there is a bit of a disconnect, but let me try and think of one question that I'm like always surprised that nobody knows or, or that it's hard for people. I will nowadays, nothing shocks me, but it surprises me when I list someone who like I'll name a name and they'll be like, I don't know who that is, you know? Like there's some people who really had a resurgence like like Jeff Grosso. Like Grosso oh, was yeah. huge and then no one knew who Jeff Grosso was. And then all of a sudden everyone knew who Jeff Grosso was, right? Like like he kind of had like this dip. Yeah. And I'll say same with like uh, Hasoy. There was a moment where like he was like top of the world. No one knew who Hasoy was. And then now he's just like this name. Mm -hmm. But something that I'm surprised that people don't know. So uh, I'll say trick names. Trick okay. names. Where like yeah, yeah. There, there will be professional skateboarders who are well into their career. And they have no idea what tricks are actually – like certain tricks are called because they grew up in an era where it's like the SSBSTS of the 2000s where it's like – where people started using acronyms because the oh, yeah. name of the trick was so long, right? <laughs> and – but then if you're like a dump truck and they're like, what the hell is a dump truck? Like, you know, it's just like, oh, well – they just started skateboarding post an era where skateboarders would give tricks names. Uh -huh. And all of those names more or less have stuck, at least the ones that are like widely accepted. Like, why is it called a method air? And the history and the, and the story behind it is like so rad. It's one of my favorites. Okay. But like people don't know. A lot of people don't know. Like, do you have any idea why it's called the method air? No, no, I don't. <laughs> okay, it was it was Neil Blender's method of doing airs higher. So like, oh, okay. Neil could only do backside air so high. So he would do a backside air, and then he would pull and try and go higher. So he, and he was like, "That's my method." <laughs> okay, okay. And then everybody just yeah. So everyone just started calling them method airs, and like it stuck. And then now, like like I said, like snowboarders call them method airs, but yeah, yeah. they they probably have no idea why it's called a method air, right? right? And um, again, that's just something I've noticed. It, it, I say it surprises me. It really doesn't surprise me because these are like things from like the late late eighties, early nineties. But um, it always amazes me. I guess it always amazes me where I'm like, holy shit, you're a professional skateboarder. You have no idea what tricks are even called. <laughs> so I'll say that. And then for something that like never ceases to amaze me. I wrote a question in the printed game about who was on the cover of Thrasher magazine, I want to say 1981, oh, wow. it, within the year 1981, okay. doing a stationary flat ground ollie. He's just doing an ollie standing still 
and okay. it is cover cover thrasher. And the vast majority of people that ask that question, they know it. They get that right. Do you know who that was? I don't know. Uh, Rod- Take a guess. Rodney Mullen or correct? Okay. Yeah, because I was most thinking people like get uh, that Alan right. Gelfin like invented the ollie basically, but on transition. And I remembered kind of that uh, Rodney Mullen developed it on street, but. Uh, Correct. And, and when I say developed it, so again, at the time, boards were really big and heavy and clunky with like rails and tail guards and all this extra shit on it, right? Mm. But he had a freestyle board. It was much, much lighter. Okay. Plus he was just a, uh, we'll say in his like physical prime. So he could ollie like insanely high just on flat ground without using his hands. And yeah. it was like the, it was the cover of Thrasher, him doing an ollie. And it's like insanely high ollie, even for now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's one thing where it's like most skateboarders know Alan Gelflin ollie on transition, which he did like a no hands aerial. Right. And right. they called it Ollie because that was his nickname. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then Mullen basically, one at a time, single handedly took everything and applied it to flat ground or street. And his list, I have two pages that I tore out of magazines mm-hmm. that are like, it's an infographic of all the tricks invented by Rodney Mullen. One was just a list and it was a Plan B ad from okay. like 90, 1990. And then the other one was some infographic that was made by Transworld. I have both of them actually like uh, set aside. I'll send you a picture of them. Oh yeah, yeah, please. And those are things where it's like I'm still surprised to this day that like young, 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 though like Rodney Mullen, they know that Mullen's it's like the father of street skating. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't like that title, nor does he like what he he doesn't even want anybody to call him that. But sorry, Rodney, you are. He did uh, create a lot of shit, so yeah, might as well acknowledge it. Yeah. I have a, a few last ones. Let's see. Let's do it. Dude, I got a random one. Um, what is the most unpleasant or like irksome trick or skateboarding moment you've ever seen in person? And on a lighter note, can we get a quick Lee Bender story? All right, peace. That was Jack Spanbauer. Yes, yes, we talked about him earlier. Nice. Okay, so Spanbauer is my uh, content partner. He's, he's, dude, Jack Spanbauer is a fucking lovely human i fucking love okay okay so irksome is um okay so i've been to the tampa contest a few times Mm -hmm. i've entered twice the tampa am okay and the years i went it was hosted by i'm spacing on the guy the guy that owns uh, owns the park but like i can't think of his name but it's him Mm -hmm. and clyde singleton and clyde singleton is like just the personality on the mic and right. while while people are like taking their run, Singleton needs to be like, and then he did a frontside rock, you know, whatever. Like he's like announcing, right? Right, right. Well, at that time when I went, it was like ninety seven and ninety eight, and skateboarders were just coming out of the like people were entering this contest with like, who is this dude and where the hell are you from? Mm-hmm. They'd be from like the backwoods of some crazy place like nobody has ever seen this person right and they enter this contest and, and you can tell that they're like this is my big shot like yeah. i i'm gonna make it in skateboarding right <laughs> and clyde is on the mic and clyde is trying to be like okay dude like next try you got this and they are just blowing it like they're <laughs> just like they like and they'll start like breaking their board or like tearing up and like clyde's on the mic and clyde's like 
come on, you got this, one more try. And it's just like, it just made, and it would go on, and the Tampa contest was like, there's so many people entered, it's like for three days. Oh, yeah. But you either are waiting three days to take your 30-second run, or you took your run and you wait three days to see if you go to the next heat. So it's just days and days of Clyde being like, <laughs> okay, dude. Come on, next try. <laughs> there's another frontside rock. I, so I, I'll say it's definitely something I've thought about many times where, like, after those contests, I never wanted to enter another contest. <laughs> they were just miserable. Yeah. So so I, I'll say that's something that's, like, I felt that that was, like, skin crawly. Like, oh, man, I can't <laughs> believe I'm, I have to do this. And then Jack's follow-up question was a Lee Bender story. So yes. if you don't know who Lee Bender is, so... Lee Bender is just this dude. He's been around forever. He's such a such an amazing person. When I first met him, he worked at Consolidate. That's how I met him. Okay. And then he's just been around. He skated for Indy, and he went on like Indy trips with like Lance Dawes, and he lived in in Portland and Phoenix, and we went back and forth between the two. And and he he's just such a such an amazing person. Mm-hmm. And I have a number of really really awesome Lee Bender stories, but one that always stands out to me. We went to Phoenix, and we were in Phoenix for a week, and this was, like, around 2008, and we were staying on Lee's floor, and he was showing us all around Phoenix, like, we were taking us to backyard pools, and and he was taking us to to parks and stuff, where there were these chickens that lived across the street, and the chickens would, like, waddle over to his yard, and they would just hang out, so Lee was, like, he named them, and I want to say, like, one was Boomer, and the other one was, I can't remember the other one's name, but, like... We would wake up in the morning and make coffee, and he was like, let's go hang out with Boomer. <laughs> and the first day we did it, I was, we were like, I don't know what. And then we went into the front yard, and we're sitting on these chairs in his front yard, just hanging out with these chickens. And the <laughs> chicken would, like, see Lee and come running over. Oh, yeah. And you could, you could, like, tell they were, like, homies. <laughs> and I was like, this chicken loves you, dude. And he was like, yeah, these chickens are so tight. I love them. And I have a photo of him, like, holding this chicken. He's just, like, in his front yard. Lee is just a – I have a, a hundred Lee Bender stories. He's an awesome dude, 100% skateboarder. He's been around forever and, like, just doesn't have a, a, a mean bone in his body. He's awesome. But I, but I have this photo of him and Boomer, and I think about it often. About us just like, well, skateboarding takes you to weird places, you know, yeah. it really, really does, where you're like, I'm like skating some ditch in the middle of, middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, like one of us could die and no one would ever know, <laughs> kind of stuff. And like, or I'm like sitting in Phoenix having coffee with chickens. Chickens, you know? yeah. Like, yeah, like it's, it's, it, I just, I've been to some weird places, man. Okay. I still have just, just two last questions. I'll go through them quickly. So this one is from Brian Ball. You talked about him earlier. So he said, nothing incriminating, but you can ask him about his skate video collection. How many descriptors was the catalog divided into? It's incredible how organized he was. Okay, so, I mean, I had hundreds, like, oh, way, way over a thousand videos, like a, a lot. Wow. And the reason for it was, again, we had like a, we had our backyard growing up was like a skate park. Mm-hmm. And so people would come over and be like, I got the new video. And they're like, I'll just leave it. And people would just leave stuff, like just like it, we amassed every VHS tape, whether it was like a copy of the video or the actual video itself. Mm. Plus, I buy them, I get them as gifts, whatever. Like, and so starting very young, we had a lot of skateboard videos. And again, this is all pre-internet. So then, as I got older, 
I started putting them in, in, in cardboard boxes because I moved from house to house. So then I numbered all the boxes mm-hmm. and I had a binder where like every page was a number and it said what video was in that box. So if somebody's like, oh man, like, do you remember like the second Plan B video? We'd mm-hmm. like pull this binder out, we'd like flip through it and be like box 27. And we'd go and find box 27 and then boom, there'd be like, so a few people would start to fuck with me and be like, what about this video? And be like, yeah, yeah, we have that. What box is it in? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I don't even need to look. That's in box 18. Oh, and, and they okay. just, so then like just really close friends of mine, Brian Ball being very high on that list. Him and I live together. We drove cross country together. We've known each other since I, we, when we met, I was only 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And like, I've still, I talk to the dude still all the time. So him for sure, he's high on the list of like making fun of me about like my <laughs> box numbering system and like, and just like how many videos I have. But now funny. So he owns a skateboard camp in Colorado called square state skate. Oh, nice. And he now owns more magazines and more videos than I ever did. <laughs> he's got two warehouses and a fleet of buses and vans that just drive kids to skate parks. Wow. I mean, what he does is magical. And these school buses, he installed a video and a DVD player in the school bus. So while you're driving from park to park, he's just playing skate videos. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's amazing. So like, it's funny, it, like, I'm not going to say full circle, but like, yeah, he used to make fun of kind of. Yeah. Yeah, he used to make fun of me for, like, my, like... Now, he's not making fun of me for owning a lot of skate videos. He would make fun of me about, like, the organization. Yeah, and, like, being super knowledgeable about it and, like, which boxes, which video... Yeah. Yeah, and there were these, like, small boxes because I had to move all the time. Like, I moved nine times the first six years I lived in San Francisco. Like, you just... You're just like, oh, this house is done. We got to go to this other... Whatever. So, like, everything was in pretty small boxes. So, like, they... Each box fit, like... I'd say probably like 15 videos. Okay. And then I donated... Oh, yeah. To Look Back Library? Yeah. They, they, they almost all of them went to Look Back Library. I, I, again, I kept the ones that were important to me. And then same thing with magazines. Like, mm. people would move. And some of them being like famous skateboarders. Like, Gabe Morford is the photographer who shot for Deluxe for a long time. Right. Like, yeah. Gabe, Gabe was moving and he called me and was like, hey, like, I got a couple of things that uh, I heard that you would want. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure. And, I, and he was like, I'm moving. I just need this stuff to go. And he gave me two of these really, really big boxes. Uh, they were like the plastic, like, flip-top bins. Yeah. Filled, filled with, like, the first three years of slap. I was like, holy shit, I'll take <laughs> all of this. And so uh, it, I just continued to acquire stuff where it's like, I don't know, like, word would just get around and be like, yeah, call Eckler, he'll take all that crap. <laughs> uh, uh, and now, nowadays, it's all worth stuff on eBay. But at the time, they were like, yeah, just yeah. come and get it. Okay, I have a last question, which is actually uh, kind of a three-part question. We don't have to do all three of them, but uh, it's from uh, Sean uh, Villers. Is that how you say his name? Sean from, uh, from Skateboardle? Oh, I, you know what's funny is I just know him as Sean. I didn't okay. know his last name. So the questions he had, so he has like one goofy question, one skate trivia question, and one serious question. So the goofy question is, would you have a better chance at winning a game of skate trivia against Nate Sherwood or a game of skate against Todd Falcon? Oh my God. <laughs> so I was, I was trying to think earlier, like who's Todd Falcon, but then I remembered he's like this kind of nerdy guy who does like these obscure videos with like super tech tricks uh, with like some yeah. weird music and shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he was an early YouTube 
So he was like an early YouTuber. Yeah. Like, okay. where like when skateboarding wasn't really using YouTube, there was this dude filming tricks in his garage. Yeah. And he filmed so many tricks that Big Brother gave him an interview. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That he was interviewed in Big Brother. So, okay. honestly, I'm going to say I got a better chance at a game of skate against Todd Falcon than I do a skate trivia against Nature. And okay. I own a skate trivia <laughs> the skate <company>. dude. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because I because I, I, I talk to Nate and Nate helps me with the questions and that dude is an an encyclopedia. A Jedi master of uh, skate trivia. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just think he's got like a photographic memory. Like okay. it's crazy how much stuff he remembers and he's just he has his own skate shop in Iowa and he's just like it, he's just absorbing it, dude. Okay. And he's just he's in it. That guy is a thousand percent skateboarder. It's it's really really impressive. I highly suggest anyone to talk to him about skateboarding because it is it is impressive. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I'll take Todd. I'll take Todd Falcon. Okay. So the skate trivia question is: Who won Slap's first one in a million contest? Hence, he's from Alvin, Texas, and a friend of mine. God. So I, I don't know the answer. He didn't. He didn't send me the answer. So I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But to take it back to that El Vortex question, El Vortex was in the one in the million contest. Okay. So he's like he was like up against. And I want to say El Vortex placed pretty high, like fourth or fifth or something. And he's this like barefoot lucha libre skating monster. But if I had to guess who won, I'm gonna go with like Lee Berman. Okay. I'm gonna say Lee Berman, and that is a wild guess. <laughs> okay. okay. Is he from Texas? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, very last one. So he said, "What has been the most challenging aspect of creating your project?" Okay, I'll say not not the printed game and not writing the not writing the content. The most difficult part about the current game we're building now. The online game. Mm -hmm. The online game is the financing it. Oh, it's, yeah. You know, cause, because we want to build a game that's free to play. So I'm just using my savings to build it, hoping people will play it. Yeah. And, uh, and, so, and, and Sean totally understands. Like, that's a huge thing that Sean and I talked about because he's like, I love doing Skateboardal, but it's a ton of work that like, I, you know, because he has a 10-month-old child. Oh, yeah. You know, like skateboarding, you, you do it when you're young. Until you hit to uh, you hit this point where you're like, oh my god, like how do I live? How do I get by? Right? Yeah. yeah. And um, so Sean's in it, I'm in it, and I took the path of a full time cushy job with stock options and and healthcare. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I decided I just like this isn't why I went into graphic design. This isn't why I went to art school. This isn't why I, I want to be a creative. Like I want to be able to cre I want to be creating the things that I'm truly excited about. So how the hell do I finance it is that's the hardest part. The hardest yeah. part is like, and, and I, I, that's such a lame answer because it's just like, it's still a business, you know, it's a business and like, you got to find a way how to stay in business for sure. And there's yeah. a, there's a lot of really rad skateboard things that have come out where everyone's like, fuck, this is sick. This is so sick. But then they go out of business because you have to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. You have to find a way that not only you can stay in business, but you can grow the business. Yeah, yeah. 
I understand all of that and a hundred percent like I just want to write content mm. I just want to play the game I just want to be a skateboarder every day like that's what I want to do mm. but the hardest part is like okay how can I do this and be able to sustain it where I could actually hire help because Jack is writing content I am designing the th- like we're a two person team right now and we can't like we'll burn ourselves out mm. so we got we're trying to build a business that we can grow yeah so. yeah yeah so, like, the more people, the more eyeballs that come, the more chance we have of staying alive. Sure. So that, that's really it, is just, just tell a friend, go play. And, and of course, like, and early on, because we're, like, beta testing the game now, by the time this show comes out, yeah. um, we'll, we'll be through all that. But feedback is also very important. If people think the game would be better if dot, 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 just email yeah. me. Email just tell me like, and yeah, yeah, yeah for sure yeah there's a contact us on the site in which comes straight to me I okay. read that so people can shoot you a question and a, or a suggestion of some sort or okay they can say this sucks and this is why and I'll read it <laughs> yeah, yeah. they can say this rules but could be better and this is why like that comes straight to me and I read every one cool every single one so like and ever since the printed game came out, like I've been getting feedback from people, and I, I read every single one. So like any it, like feedback, watch it, view it, and if you really want to challenge yourself, buy the buy the printed yeah. game. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up here. Yeah. Thank you so much, Gordon. Really appreciate you taking the time. No, I I appreciate it. Thanks, Quentin. This is super fun. That's it for my conversation with Gordon. Follow him on Instagram at Platagain, P-L-A-I-D-A-G-A-I-N, and at Skate Trivia Game. Go visit the new website, skatetrivia.com, to try out the two browser-based games which should be online by the time this interview comes out. You can also order the card game on the dedicated website, skatetriviagame.com. Thank you for tuning in. See you soon for a new episode of Beyond Boards. <laughs>